Hello, educators and friends of educators. Welcome to the After School Talk podcast, where we discuss hot button issues in education and search for possible solutions. A podcast for educators by educators. This podcast is sponsored by The Right Effect. That's R-I-T-E Effect. The Right Effect provides an educational approach with a twist. At The Right Effect, educators learn how to use interventions implemented through school-based extracurricular activities to promote school belonging, academic motivation, and positive school culture. Check out The Right Effect at www.therighteffect.com. Again, that's www.therighteffect.com. And follow him on Instagram at The Right, right Effect. I'm your host, Dr. Dukes, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow educator, Mr. Dukes. Not only are we married, but we also have a combined 15 years of experience in education. We want to say thank you for listening and please subscribe to our podcast, The After School Talk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to After School Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Dukes. And I'm your other host, Mr. Dukes. And today we have a special guest, Mr. Brian. Do I... Do you mind your last name being said, or you want to you want to stay anonymous? Like no, I don't need you. John Doe. I don't think I need to be anonymous. <laughs> we have Mr. Brian Murray who will be with us this evening. Um, we are going to talk about something that ties into education, um, but more importantly, it's been affecting the uh, our local Augusta community lately. But before we get into that, we are going to have a little small talk with Brian. So, Brian. <laughs> As I don't know how to answer the question myself, I'm going to start off with you. What are your Christmas plans? To be very tired. I'm going to be very tired by the time. So it's just a lot going on. Okay. So I have concerts, parties, ugly sweaters parties, plus work. Um, Right after that, between New Year's and christmas there's a basketball tournament that we sponsor so there is going to be a lot going on who sponsors like who does the basketball tournament it's by my job oh which i won't say on <laughs> which i won't say on radio <laughs> but yeah so do you get to take a break during the holidays i will take some time but it will be a lot of party okay um, christmas gala tomorrow Oh, yes. Okay, well, tomorrow, I got that. Now, we are making the adjustment. Well, this is my first time making the adjustment from K-12 to higher ed. So, K-12 is like, what, two and a half weeks off? For Christmas break, yeah. Yeah. Higher ed, mm, like three days. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, because last year with me teaching, we, as soon as we were done with our final exam, we were good to go. But now that I'm actually working in the office, we literally get out the week of Christmas and come right back to work on Monday. And then we out for New Year's Day and come right back the next day. Well, I'll beat you one. So I'm taking PTO. Okay. Mm. okay. So be great, grateful for where you are. Yeah. yeah. Retail. Mm-hmm. And this is retail headquarters. Retail across the store, you don't get any days off. Gotcha. But we get half day Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's Day, not New Year's Eve. Oh my goodness! A, a half of a day half for day Christmas Eve. Half yeah. day for Christmas Eve. Dang boy! I wait. <laughs> yeah, like I'm thinking. I ain't tripping. Well, hmm. Yeah, you got. You well, okay. So that takes me to um, 
Oh goodness! Like first responders, mm-hmm. like I, somebody got to still had an ambulance. Right? Yes, yeah, somebody still has to have the nine one one operator, the police officers, the uh, shopping people, gas stations. Yeah, and what we try to do is we try to make sure that the stores, because they'll have to be open, right? Because you're going to need your stuff from the store during Christmas, right? Because I'm we, a late shopper. We try to mirror that, right? We don't want our people to be out in the field working yes. and then we're at home like chillaxing right. be in the game with them yeah. and it's important to them and in case something happens they have somebody they could call on but the weird part for me is that I work in student life or student involvement mm-hmm. and, there are no and there are no students so it's just weird it's like okay just go home right cause it's a, plan- <laughs> it's a planning time but it's like nobody's here and then I get me working in student affairs uh, I'm like, it's Christmas break. Why are you thinking about <laughs> applying to school? Like, just be on Christmas break. Mm, that's that's my that's just like when we got back from Thanksgiving break, and I you know pulled all our applications. I'm like, so many people applied Apply. to school over Thanksgiving break. But you gotta think that's their time to. They have time. But yeah, now I have time to do this. I don't care about that. Oh. <laughs> Well, as we talk about the first responders and that are involved, um, or they have no time off in the holidays, we recently um had an interesting um documentary come out about Augusta, Georgia. And um I've already um before we started the show told them I'ma try my best to uh be involved in this discussion without offending the friends that I have in law enforcement, but to be honest and fair and consistent about what we talk about. So recently, um, the Millbrook twins documentary came out on oxygen, correct? Yeah. Right. So I'm gonna give a little bit of background about the Millbrook twins, um, story. Oh, I didn't realize I had clicked off the, the page. That one's smart. Which, I call all kinds of trouble just trying to watch this, and now it's up on YouTube. I mean, it's very popular. Yes, it, on YouTube now it has sixty three thousand, over sixty three thousand views, because we were watching it like I don't know what. So here's a little bit of background about the um case. So in nineteen ninety, twin sisters Danette and Jeanette Millbrook disappeared in Augusta, Georgia. Law enforcement dismissed the girls as runaways. Now, former prosecutor Laura Coates and retired detective Paige Reynolds examined the case in a search for justice. Now, the only reason why this is even getting attention uh, for our Oxygen Network to do it is because there was a podcast called The Fall Line who um, did a story on the girls because apparently this is the only case of missing twins who were not found or killed or whatever in the nation. Oh, wow. So that's why it was a big deal. Like there's, it's not just, Oh, this is a story and we're trying to follow it, but this is the only case of it ever. So they have been trying to basically figure out what happened. So when we watched the show, here's some key background information for everybody to um, find out about. But if you watch it for yourself too, on, on, um, on YouTube is titled The Disappearance of the Millbrook Twins Full Episode Oxygen. So some background. The twins were um, 15 years old at the time in 1990. Um, They were living in a housing authority area because that is important. Um, They went to their 
goddad's house to get money because they needed the money to um, get transportation to school because they were they were going to a school that wasn't in their zone area. Okay, so they got the money from them. Um, they had been to church that morning. They walked to get something to eat. They then decide to walk to the gas station right around the corner from the house. Nobody's seen them since then. The mother calls the police. They tell her she has to wait 24 hours. So after 24 hours, she makes another phone call. They direct her to the detective or investigator. Yeah. Whatever, whatever his title was. We, yeah, we don't like him. Um, <laughs> He's so the villain of this story. The, yeah, hello. <laughs> come on. <laughs> so they direct him to direct the mother to him. He immediately says they probably ran away. Um, according to the Fall Line podcast and the other people with uh, the Oxygen Network, the investigation then stopped. Nothing else done. Um, in 1993, the family gets a phone call from the Missing and Exploited Children's National database. Like, yes. They have a database of missing people. I don't know exactly what it's called. Right. And though the database says somebody had contacted them and said that the twins were found. So they are looking like found who where because they're not here. And as we follow this show, we find out that Ship had called and said that somebody had said that they saw the twins. So he closed the case. And that's how the report came out that they were found. So fast forward, the show tries to reopen the case, find new leads to help law enforcement. And it seems like in the show, like we, they have had a they have a partnership with the Richmond County police officers that they're going to reopen the case. And they tell them, yes, we're going to put two new investigators over this case. We're going to continue with the leads that you guys have found through the podcast and through this show. And somehow in the end, we end the show with the sheriff saying, no, we're not going to like the leads. We're not good leads. We're no longer investigate this case. It's a wrap. Now, this is the this is the part. I I saw that this was coming out, but it was not until people started posting about it on social media that it became like a okay, wait a minute, I gotta watch this because something's something's going on. To the point where I had a college friend who now lives in where is he at in Virginia or Maryland that was like, I need you to watch this. <laughs> yes, that's how you he was he's miles away it's like no 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 you gotta watch this because this is crazy so i noticed that the reaction from other people was this is one of the shadiest police activities that i've seen and it's taking place in my my neck of the woods exactly so what did you see brian what what was what was your perception just like just not necessarily your own but just first off watching what other people were saying so i think there was a sense of shock but not a sense of shock to where it was like, wow, right? Mm. Because I think... As what do you a, mean by wow? So, let me let me try to dive through it. <laughs> <laughs> so, with, <laughs> because I think it's not unheard of, right? Mm. So, people know that this they don't know about this story they don't know about this story right right but they know that stuff like this has happened and happened right so mm -hmm. i saw people like right oh this was messed up you know they were going through it we can't believe it but not to the fact that it will be like a second or third push because there's nothing else at, you know what i'm saying like nothing it's else just uh it is kind of sadly the topic of the week because we become mm -hmm. as a culture a little bit numb, numb. to mm. 
stuff like this happening or stuff like this that has happened. And I know we will get back, get to that later on yes. in the show, yeah. but it is numb. I mean, it was the first time hearing about it, but we don't see no petitions. We don't see mm-hmm. any, you know, next steps. How are we going to help Miss Louise, who was the victim's mother? mother? Right. What does that look like in the community? I haven't seen any of that. It may be out there. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it across my timeline. No. I, it, you're right. I, it literally was the trending topic. It was the trending topic. And so then. People were shocked. Mm-hmm. People were pissed. <laughs> but not pissed enough. You but know, not that's pissed enough. Right. Yeah. move, yeah. you know. Like, right. So. Which brings me to what was your initial reaction after you watched it? Because at the time, um, I remember I was like midway through watching it. And then that's when you and I talked and you were like, okay, I got to watch this. Let me, let me see what's going on. Then as you're watching, you was like, I'm, I'm not about to make it through this. Like, I don't yeah, think I'm going to continue watching it. And, and I think that's like, I don't know. Maybe that's the reaction of everyone now. You know, mm-hmm. you've seen so much bad. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh man, they're not going to do this like this. They're not going to do this lady like this because I think one of the things that affects us all is that we see our mothers and our aunts and, you know, this lady is the age of my grandmother. That could have been my mother, you know, my aunt. So it's like, oh crap, they're not going to let these people down again, right? Because it's one thing to know that people have been let down and the system has failed people and they haven't, you know, gotten their just due. Right. But to actually physically see this woman... And the pain she's in. And were you, being that you are from a small part of Georgia, mm-hmm. I'm going to see if you saw this as I saw it. It was as if my grandmother was sitting there. Like, that was Florine Gray sitting in that chair. Talking, like, she just reminded me of my grandmother. Where she was a black woman who had that southern draw accent, had her glasses on. Um, even there's a clip in the show where, the, you know, the daughter's trying to help her. Um, like, mama, you got to be able to talk to this. These people mm-hmm. are here. Where they show, you know, they show like a behind the scenes clip real quick. So we we see the relevance in it because we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we see our own families, right? Exactly. So then it goes into, I think it was hard to watch because that could have been my family. Mm-hmm. And as we get older, the idea that my income or my education status separated us, it, you realize that's not real. Because you know how people will paint this picture like, oh, but you grew up on the on the better side of town, so you didn't have oh, to deal really. with it. It's like, no, no, no. Like, no, you still black mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Because that's what, that's what the whole um, argument was behind this was because, was it because these girls lived in the projects and they were black that y'all didn't go and further investigate mm-hmm. what was going on? Because it was said on the show, and we're going to now get into the villain. <laughs> That investigatorship first said that um the girls were well known. Like we all we everybody knows them. So it was assumed that they ran away because he's claiming that I don't know, because I'm like, are you trying to say they're like they drug dealers, they prostitutes? They what are you trying to say? Cause even and even if they were, why does that equate to that that's that, that they ran away? Mm-hmm. And is that the image that we have in Augusta of black children? Yeah. Ooh, look, ooh, both of y'all faces. <laughs> he was like, um, is that it? Is that it? Do we assume that as black kids, um, like a black kid ran away because they from the hood and that's what they do? That is that what hood children do? They run away? Um, me personally, I, I'm 
I'm I'm very quiet on on this this episode <laughs> and this topic. Um, intentionally. In, intentionally, yes. Um, because like you said, when we when we first started this this episode, you you kind of don't necessarily have to tiptoe, but because you know parties involved, especially on the uh the, I guess the legal side, the cop side, <laughs> um, because we know different people. It's like I, I de- don't necessarily want to say how I might feel about certain people or certain things that, that happen or whatever. But, um, you know, you, you, you talked about, uh, because these were blue black girls and, and stuff like that. And you just ignored it. Um, I definitely think that that's one of the things that happened, uh, not even just today, but that's, that's what, what tends to happen when you're talking about black kids or black people in general, it's almost like, okay, well we'll do what's on the surface that's needed. And then I, anything after that, well, we'll kind of put up a blame on on something else. Like they say, we knew these girls. We knew what they was about. They probably were some runaways. So, you know, as soon as you got that that escape of saying they were runaways, okay, we're good to go. We, we cleared it up. You know, everything's good. Let's move on. And it kind of get, just, just got brushed under the rug. And, and you just... You Which just is not... To, yeah, that's not fair. Right. It's mm-hmm. definitely not fair. And you, and you hate to see it happen. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, it is... I can search the web for that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, oh. Got, got phones going off in here. <laughs> um, but, Some way but you, you said, just, okay, Google. <laughs> um, but that you just you just hate to see that hate to see that happen, especially in our community and and with different things that happen with us as black people. I think so. A few different things. So the first thing put, is put the mic a little bit closer to you. Put the, a little bit closer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I think the first thing is is that there is a narrative, right? You know, innocent until proven guilty. Or mm. but I think with br- people of black skin, especially in well, in a lot of areas, but in underprivileged areas, for some reason we see them as guilty first mm-hmm. until right, proven right. innocent, right? Yeah. So people see them, and it doesn't have anything to do with race, right? And I. It does, but it. I'll get into that. In a okay, okay, that's my okay. second point. Okay, but <laughs> sometimes we see them as okay. They come from a bad neighborhood. They're bad. They ran. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get out. They. That's what they do. They're unbe- They're misbehaved. So mm-hmm. I can come in here and tell you, like, so, prime example. When I was in college, mm-hmm. somebody broke into our apartment, shot through the window. They asked my roommate, "Who was that man in the house with you?" Which was me. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Who shot through our window to rob our apartment? You know, right, right. Who's it? So I'm involved just because I am mm. a young black man or I'm a young black woman. There is something. Mm. There is something I did to cause my situation. Just, oh, uh, oh, okay. So and, okay. that takes me to. I'm, okay, I'm going ahead. That's what I'm gonna tell you because because. That takes me to Trayvon Martin because it's it is hurtful that you have to have conversations with kids about things that they should be allowed to do. Right. I should be able to wear my hood at night because I'm cold, but because you're black, that could make somebody uncomfortable. Which I heard I heard that today this week that my blackness makes you uncomfortable and that's really what the problem is. And yeah, and that's a that's a fact. That and is, so therefore it puts yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it puts you in a box of 
were you doing what you were supposed to be doing as a black mm-hmm. person not just as a person were you doing what you were supposed to be doing as a black person that somebody didn't shoot in your house because if you were probably over here selling drugs or robbing and stealing then that's probably why they shot in your house and therefore oh well exactly which is crazy so and that's basically what the ship guy was trying to say. Mm-hmm. They were they were well known, right? That's code word. They were well yeah, known. Yes, code word, right? Was, and if you go through the video, their dad was this person, mm-hmm, this kind of person. Mm-hmm, they, you know, mm-hmm. he, so it's all a narrative, right? right that right. I built in my head of what kind of person these girls mm-hmm. are. And I'm not saying my head. Well, I'm saying my I mean ship, ship or ship. the. Mm-hmm. I built. He's built that narrative in his head, but on the other side one of the things is this this is an education podcast so i was mm-hmm. thinking about it um with entitlement comes education and what i mean a different set of education and what i mean about that is not like you learn something or not that miss louise or those kind of people were were uneducated but they did know their rights mm-hmm. and when you don't have that that's power right and there's something about you're teaching your black kids, you know, what you shouldn't do or what you shouldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. But on the adverse, they're telling their kids what they can do. Mm-hmm. If this happens to you, you can do this. Yes. You have mm-hmm. this power where on the adverse, with our kids, we're teaching them and educating them. You don't have the right to wear your hoodie in the store. You can't take your backpack mm-hmm. in the store. You always get a receipt when you come out. Other side, you know, if they mess with you, if you have an issue mm-hmm. with your professor, you go to the dean and you right. get them put out of the right. school. Yeah. You you get them, and and I'm saying this is because this is something that happened to me. And mm-hmm. I went to an HBCU when I went to a PWI. I had never seen this, but there's a sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They didn't like their graduate professor. They petitioned and got that woman put out of the graduate department. At Payne, we would never. never. Because we don't we're not, teach we're not talking people that. that we have as mm-hmm. a black child, you have a right, right? Right. So when that happened for, even mm. on the documentary, I never saw where that community, right, banded together and went, and it may have happened again, mm-hmm. went to the courthouse or where they went to mm-hmm. flyer or they went to, you know, and maybe I'm missing it. Do right. those types of things. I never saw what the outcry was when they went to the Augusta Chronicle and stood there and said, mm-hmm. you're going to print this story. Mm-hmm. But had that had to happen on the other side of that street? Oh. oh. First Baptist would have been down there. <laughs> the whole church. Whole church. The whole church. These girls With the news media. Because there's a sense of with education becomes entitlement. Because, mm. but see, and then it's two, two sides of that. So, you are teaching your kids what you can't do because the fear is if you try it you could be dead mm-hmm. so i don't want you to die so i'm gonna teach you how to make it home at night is this mentality like my mentality is i have to teach them how to survive so that they don't end up being a trayvon martin right but then in the same sense you 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 can you can still give them the education to be in uh more in control of the narrative just like I am I am in all I support a hundred percent how these people are pulling out their cameras and their, their phones and recording stuff quickly because um I don't know if you saw on Twitter, you had seen it, you know, we on Twitter all the time. The um lady coming out there saying that you UPS guy was being suspicious because he had the boxes. Did you see that? No. Oh Brian. Oh, so there's a guy. We we looked at the other night. There is a guy who has on his UPS jacket. 
with a like a dolly with boxes on it and he's walking down the street the lady says you look suspicious and i need to know your name so he starts recording her like i want y'all to see this lady is saying so she's like you you this and who are you and we've had vandalisms and you and you shouldn't be out here And he was like lady i am doing my job i'm delivering such and such now here's the thing all of a sudden his white uh co-worker walks up with the uniform on and says hey he's with me she goes oh okay now wait how are they how did he confirm for you that he works here but when the guy said he works here that's not confirmation yeah that wasn't enough but then the other thing was this this is what she says to the guy because he's been rude to me he's been cussing me out had that brother not had that phone and recorded like it that, that would have been it. Yeah, Come on, we've been doing this since Emmett Till, where oh, once yeah. they say whatever it is, that's it. So it's like you, 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 you can still like at the bare minimum. If I don't know the law, I can at least say, "Hey, pull the phone out, record, do whatever it is you got to do." But even that sometimes don't go right. Cause now the cops and took your phone. Now you better not post it mm-hmm. or whatever. But essentially, like you're saying, it's it's just where it's we we don't. I can definitely say as being a being. I didn't. I never felt empowered to question people. Mm-hmm. You don't, and you don't question authority. Exactly, and that's what they didn't do. They didn't really. Because, and then, and I, and I know that, and that leads me into this. Okay. Okay. Oh, because you, right. Okay. <laughs> well, you said that they didn't question authority. That woman waited twenty four hours, knowing that her child was missing. And waited until, if you listen, they waited till exactly 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. They didn't call it 2.58, 2.59, they t- because they told them that they had to wait 24, 24 hours. So she sat there and waited, not questioning the authority. Well, go ahead, I'm sorry. Which is, can you imagine? Like, cause we got a child. <laughs> I'm going to be on your ass. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't even, even if I didn't, Call whatever time is. Yeah, even if I didn't call the police, that I don't know. Like we'd have been on, but in which they said they walked up and down the street, went mm-hmm. looking, trying to figure out. But I, this is what this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm gonna lead to. I think they knew they were not going to get help from them from the jump, which leads me into that there is already a. <laughs> What's the word? Like this this storyline, this this uh <laughs> feeling. I'm just going to feeling in in the in the community of where that's these are not the people that help us. Like the the protocol may be to call them, but what do we really expect them to do? Right. And not expect you to do like, oh, they're they're just so bogged down with work and we don't know if they can help us. No, like what do we really expect? Like they are they really gonna come help us? Which is not isn't that the whole point of the the police? Is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> at, at, is is it? it as we as we are on the what is it? Isn't it? Um, I, I know when this airs, it won't be that day. But this is the same day that uh, what's his name? And the Black Panther was uh killed. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Where I was like, please did that. So it has it ever, has it ever been when they was they were here to protect? It's stories like this right here that that make you really question that. Mm-hmm. Um, like like you just asked, what are you what are you really here for? Well, who are you here to protect? Um, is it only a certain group? 
Now, I'm going to say this because Brian said it before, and if I ain't supposed to say this on the air, well, then he shouldn't have told me this previously. Uh-huh. Brian, which you need to write a blog post about this. I, I Please write no, a blog post about this. the next thing I was going to say. Well, go ahead. I like it. You made a comment one day that it was like, oh, my gosh. It was like uh, that the police department is really the secret service. <laughs> I said the police department have historically, you know, yes. we're growing, been white people's secret service. Yes. Or for the majority say white people. Yes. And the reason you think about that is that there were, when the police was cre- created and there to maintain the laws, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially. Right. But the laws have historically been against minorities, mm-hmm. right? So, if the laws are against minorities, and you are the upholder of the law, mm. essentially, mm-hmm. you're against... <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, that is a historical narrative, and it's not really a wrong narrative, mm-hmm. because if you think about it, you know, slave gets Lost, fugitive slave act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to think. You know, you, I mean, you had po- the years. Yes, police civil had rights. to uphold the Jim Crow laws. Ho- uphold Jim Crow. So civil rights. Who will turn the holes on the mm, people to keep the peace? You know. Yeah. Mm. Now they were doing their job. Right. And and, um, and at that time the idea and see that's that's where it gets tricky. Here go here not tricky. That's where I get like frustrated that the idea was that we were out of line, and so we keep creating this 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 uh idea that you can be black and be out of line as a black person you stepped out of line as a black person that's 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 why i'm wondering not wondering that's that's why i get i, I can't even say wonder like it really frustrates me that i can feel like as a black person you gotta walk up you you can't you can't do like everybody else does because we've created in history of how we're going to let y'all be free. Here you go. We're going to let you be free, but I need you to be like this in order to be free. Yeah. So then when you have these girls who you feel like they didn't, they did not uh, exemplify how you wanted little mm-hmm. black girls to be. So, okay, they missing. And who cares? What does that affect? Anything we got going on? You're not from the right area. You're not from the right area. So you don't get the same same type of treatment. Which crazy enough, some people on Facebook was like, I didn't know it was a it was a big financial divide in Augusta. That's probably because you on the poor side or the rich. Like you don't even you, know, you ain't even came out your zone to realize that. You're on one of the extremes, and you don't you don't like we got people in Augusta that don't realize there are million dollar homes here, like millions of dollars. They don't even understand that. Like, and then a block over that that house is only worth fifty thousand dollars. Literally a block over. It's always hard because I want to say this, and I hope it makes sense, listeners. Ignorance lies in the subconscious, and what I mean by that is that you don't realize that you don't realize that you don't know what's going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. and you're saying things that are untrue, but that's because you're ignorant and you don't realize it because you lived in your box. Mm-hmm. In your neighborhood, mm-hmm. in your world, like I'm and you, surprised and you haven't had to experience certain things. You haven't had to experience certain, mm-hmm. certain things. So, from to where I'm from, right, 
um, Augusta's a metro. Mm-hmm. But you will be, and so we're three counties over. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised the number of people that I'll talk to in Augusta that don't know where Warren County is. Mm-hmm. Or don't just don't know because it's outside their parameters. Right. It's so weird. And so I was talking, hold on, this is the oh. best one. And the guys that may be across, um, you know, aren't here. Like I said, it's three counties over. But this is the one, just like regular things. So I was talking to my cousin about something. I'm sorry, cousin, if you're listening. <laughs> but he's from Augusta Metro. And I was telling him, hey, it's this place down in Waynesboro. Right? And he was saying, he was talking to me about a similar place. He was like, but no, nah, that place is in Burke County. Oh, but everybody here calls it Burke. Nobody yeah, says Waynesboro. Nobody says Waynesboro. Nobody yeah. says Waynesboro. Says Waynesboro. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm telling you, I was like, dude, this is the same place. He's like, don't nobody call it that. Mm-hmm. But you should. You know. But yeah, let's like, you're you like, don't you think reach outside. Yeah. Just stay right here. You think Atlanta got zones or Augusta got zones. <laughs> we, you stay in your zone. And I'm wondering who, ha- who has the responsibility to teach people these kind of things. Or is it something that you just have to learn your- that's a that's a good question. That that was a good question. Um, who has the responsibility to teach these things? Because I'm never going to learn for myself. I'm never going to learn about the poverty divide myself because I don't right. know that I need to know it. No, I'm ignorant in my subconscious. I don't know that. And then, and if you look at that from an education standpoint, my my mom talked about how they took some students to Atlanta for a field trip, and they may have gone maybe 15 miles from the school. And these are elementary kids. Um, no, that's anyway, middle school kids. Whatever. The point is, we've gone maybe 15, 20 miles from the school and we stopped to get gas or do whatever. And the kids, they're like, are we in Atlanta? This Atlanta? And it was like, whoa, wait, why? How you? Because, and I've had students who are in high school who would tell me, I don't see the point in going to Atlanta. Like, there's nothing there. Like, there's nothing in Atlanta. You didn't go to Atlanta. Yeah, and I realized, like, you, you weren't in Atlanta. You might have been in you might have been in Macon for all you knew. Yeah, yeah like they don't, they didn't Madison. even. They yeah, in Madison, Georgia. Yes, they'd be in Madison. They don't even know. I'm like, you didn't get, you didn't get to, you didn't get to the Atlanta part, or or because I remember having some family member who um, was interested in going to college. Mm-hmm. So, uh, duh, let's show her pain college, and she was from a different state. So when she came to pain, she did not want to come here because there were too many cars in Augusta. That was it. It was just too many cars. And and I remember talking to her later on of like you sometimes you will stay in your shell because of being comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. And that's why you may not have adventured out to really know things. And so which going back to what we're saying, that's why you may not be you may not realize the other issues that are taking place in the city. Bringing this up, I'm going to just throw this out there, sprinkle it out there, similar to the cop being shot. So we hear a cop has been shot. Oh my gosh. So tragic. But because I have a diverse Facebook timeline, I'm going, oh, everybody is not sad about Mm -hmm. this cop being shot. It was a totally, totally different narrative going on on the other side of town where people were talking about the encounters they had with this police officer that were horrible, horrific. But then you got other people that's like, oh, we lost a brother. We lost a such and such. But like I said, depending on what side of town you on, it is not necessarily like that. Because they never talk to each other, right? Where are they going to talk at? You shopping over here. I'm shopping over I'm there. Shopping over there. Right. You yeah. work over there. Where do we meet at? Mm. It's two different 
two different worlds. And we keep those worlds separate. Ooh, oh, aha moment. We keep the world separated with zoning for schools. Because mm-hmm. everybody who in whatever neighborhood goes to this school. So very rarely do you cross cultures or cross neighborhoods because it's all separated. Hey, just a tip mm. since we talk about education. I um, had my friend, she's an educator, mm-hmm. right? And so I went to Warren County. As you guys know, I said Warrenton a lot because that's where I draw my experience from, but very, very um, multicultural staff. Very, very, okay. you know, mm-hmm. um, predominantly black school, very, very multicultural. So she was going through her list of books. Now, she went to a school that was, um, you know, more diverse. Okay. Kind of like mm-hmm. a PWI in high school. Mm-hmm. So she was going through the list of books or whatever. And she was like, I never heard this book. I never heard that book. I never heard that book. And so they were all like, bud, not buddy. The Watsons go to Birmingham. All the black books that I had read. She never heard of. She had never heard of them. Because they're, even though they're on the list. Mm-hmm. Those, those not the woman. Those not the ones they were reading. <laughs> right, right. And I was over here reading, um, um, we don't beloved, it. And we're reading. It. <laughs> right. No, really, yeah, eighth grade. Yeah. I mean, I think it was ninth grade. You know, yeah. you read Tony Moore, you know? So, mm-hmm. totally different experiences. Which, oh, being an English major, <laughs> I remember I didn't know about black authors till college. We didn't. It never clicked in my head to right now, though. It did not click in my head to right. <laughs> I want y'all to know as listeners, I did not think about that until now. In high school, it was To Kill a Mockingbird. And I took a Shakespeare class. So I have every Shakespeare play. No Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry? Uh, no. No. I read it in middle and see? But mm. when she pulled that book, and the amazing thing is, is that when she pulled that book list out, those books are on the list. They're on the list, but then... But it becomes a discretion of whoever is educating so, you. That's what, so, and that's what I was just about to say. Oh, think what, about... Think about I don't know, I'm, I'm going to hold my mouth because I got something to say, but go ahead. But, but no, just think about the the teachers that we had in high school and think about, you know, what, what books they would have uh, suggested for us to read. So now I'm even interested to see what the book list would have been mm. when we were in high school. Because I know I'm, I'm thinking about my 12th grade literature teacher I'm all the way down to my ninth grade teacher and I'm and I'm the same books you just named. Like, yep, yeah, we read all those. But the the say that we talked about black authors, even when I had a black teacher, but now I'm thinking about how this black teacher kind of operated and, yeah, and who they were. Because like, uh-huh. we, yeah, everybody had the same never, black teacher, yeah, the same never, black English teacher. He never showed us a, who a, a black author. He didn't show like us that. none so, of that. Um, but that, I'm but, surprised at all. But that pulls me too. I remember, um, and I know this teacher is going to be listening to this right now. So yes, I am talking about you and I love you dearly. But I remember this teacher um, joined with another teacher to have the students have um, uh, a rose that grew from concrete, Tupac book of poems. And so in a meeting, she, you know, we're going to do this. So for a whole school year, like it worked, they, at some point in the lesson, we threw that in there, blah, blah, blah. So the next school year, when they're going back over what we're going to do, um, another teacher was like, well, I'm, I'm not too comfortable with that book. Like, I don't really know it that well. And it was like, but we got, and it's a book. You it's a book. You figure it out. You can do audio. Right. right. Like, <laughs> shouldn't you as a teacher try to figure if this is what, you know, your students are interested in. And I remember um, she tried to gain, I guess, support from another 
teacher and that teacher was looking like I actually like doing it but and it shocked her that the rest like because you, you're thinking oh that's what the black teachers want to do and the black kids but it was like no it works so you could have somebody like you said even they can be black that still aren't comfortable with the book uh-huh. so they're looking like we're not even going to introduce that versus putting that on the list it's a it's a mandatory thing and and now that we talk about this I, I just want to say I, I literally hate my literature experience in high school because this whole time I always thought Oh, we had to do Shakespeare. That was something we had to I do. I took Shakespeare as an elective. Now I'm thinking, oh, you just chose it. Like, you want to just F all us up. Oh, if I you, yeah, if you see the book really list, please. it's like, oh, it's, it's tons please. of other things not, to choose from. Erasing in the Sun. I'm just thinking about Erasing in the Sun. All of that was. No, never touched it. So. And then, and then I want you to think about if I did not go to HBCU. You will never know, right? Oh my gosh! But and there lies, and we've gotten kind of yeah, we kind of yeah, we And this will be a, this will be a, probably another topic for another day. But mm. there are a group of educators who believe that the best thing to educate people about is that Shakespearean stuff, mm-hmm. like because that's the way they'll get ahead. Mm. But, okay, so I'm gonna push you. Push. All right. <laughs> Here's another thing: there are educators that don't understand sometimes when your students have a dislike for the police when your students have a um they don't trust the police Mm. and so that's another issue of culturally understanding why because you know they call them 12 like when the kids say f12 they they mean that that's and so at first i remember thinking you really feeling like that because you hear it in the song you may not have had a situation with the police until what? You realize that they actually go oh. through different Things situations already. and scenarios already that done. make them say, and they know the cops. Twelve, like I know these cops by name. By and name. I saw what they did to my cousin. Okay. I saw what they did to my mama. I saw what they did to my brother. It, yeah, yeah. I legit don't mess with twelve. Period. Don't, period. But again, because you not you don't live that lifestyle or whatever that lifestyle is, uh, or because you don't have those same experiences, you kind of just mm-hmm. brush it off like, oh, you like you just said, oh, you just saying it because you hear it on a song. But no, this real. Or you heard somebody else say, no, this is real life. And I'm and I'm gonna say this uh, an experience I had that I I can appreciate this officer doing this. Um, one of the officers came up to the school to talk to me about a um event he wanted to have, and he happened to be a graduate of the school. So when he came to my door, um, he's outside, like, you know, cause I got a back door to my room, right? So he comes to the door and he came in, he was like, man, I had to talk to one of the kids just now. So I'm thinking, oh Lord, what, you know, what happened? But he said when he got a car, he heard kids, kids scream from, um, the stadium, man, F12 like that. So he looking like, I ain't gonna say nothing. I ain't gonna worry about it. But he said, I graduated from here. So I know, I know that I, I'm probably am one of those kids back in the day that was looking like, yeah, I don't trust. So he was like, let me talk to him. Like, like, hey, I'm a graduate of school. I look, I'm coming up here to do an event with you guys. Cause see, the other thing was this: once they saw him at the event outside of this, mm-hmm. there he was a different person. But when you put that uniform on, that signifies something different for some students. Cause this, you really have messed up my life. Is is the way they see you or view you? You're not a, you aren't a person I go to for help or aid. You come in the neighborhood and shut down stuff. That necessarily wasn't even a bad thing. <laughs> like, we were doing fine. Why you come over here patrolling what's going on? And I was going to say it's in the next segment, but... Uh, go ahead. Go I'll ahead. Just... Man, I don't need... Man, we... I wish you could see the time we've been talking. Oh. We may have to just do a part two, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, say what you got to say. Know, um, when I... Um, on that subject, right? Mm-hmm. And I always say... And I may have looked... 
through rose-colored gra- glasses because I might not even know. I may have been from the ro- right side of the track. I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. But when I think about, like, growing up, like, and that's why I know, like, all police aren't bad. So Absolutely. one of the things, and this is to your, if we want kids to respect the police, we have to start getting police from their community. Mm-hmm. That's important. We know, I, I was thinking about, when you approached me on this subject, the first thing I thought about is I know so many people that are working in factories and working at the plant and working at the nursery picking flowers that would be great policemen. Mm. They just need to be recruited. They already have the respect of the community. They're already upstanding. They're hard workers. But that's not what we do, right? Mm-hmm. We'll get some. They mm-hmm. come and apply. Mm-hmm. But we're going to take and stick people in that are not have no compassion for the community. Nobody knows. We take them. We drop them in. And then... Oh, they're just for difference. doing they're just doing their job right yes. at some point mm-hmm. right and they have all these prejudices or these thoughts or these preconceived notions right mm-hmm. so if you going down there you going to the bottom it's gonna be rough down there boy mm-hmm. you better put your uh they ain't gonna listen they're gonna be out there acting up you so you come in you first day on the job you got to go in here and show some authority. So you go kick some doors in and mm-hmm. pull some people and talk to them crazy. And that's how it starts. Because <laughs> and that's how that narrative yeah. begins, yeah, right? That's how it starts. Mm-hmm. So what if we already knew Brian from the community? Mm-hmm. We already knew Brian. We played high school with Brian, you know, basketball mm-hmm. with Brian. Because what people fail to realize, and you can, policemen listening, you can correct me, um, but I know it's true because I've seen it done a lot. A lot of this stuff is at the discretion of the police as far as how they handle absolutely situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? And when there's a lack of compassion there and how we're gonna handle those solutions, because this is just another person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's right, right, right. just another person. Yep. And that's an issue. And that's what the kids are seeing, right? Mm-hmm. So they know the people as policemen. Mm-hmm. They never knew these people as people. People, there you go. Right. Yep. You're not. Yeah, yeah. But see that. But, You're not a but, person. You're 12. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because, one, like I said, once you put that uniform on, it's almost like if it was Crips and Blood, you have on the other, the enemies. Mm-hmm. And the respect is out the window. And it's, it's we're done. Go on, go on, go And I definitely attribute that to the fact of not knowing how to interact with groups of people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know this for a fact, people would expect that a, a that for the side of town I grew up on, for you know never really being in trouble, that I've never had a negative interaction with cops. Man, please. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I literally don't go to certain places in Augusta because I know you guys talk to people differently when they are at these places. Oh yeah, because you don't know the difference. So if, if we're here, y'all yell, you scream at people, tell them they can't do this, and I can go to another event across town, and it's not like that. With that same officer, the same officer, the same, same officer. Because see, you saw me on this side, so it's like, oh okay. But then if I go to the like I say, same, I'm the same person, and I see that same officer over here. It's different, and I and that's the thing that I I think people need to acknowledge, and I that's why I appreciated my friend saying I'm going to take the opportunity to talk to this student mm-hmm. and have this. Like you said, it's I'm from this community, so I understand better. But when you don't, you just saw all you saw was a black girl, and you just decided to start yelling. And I'm looking like I ain't never been yelled at in my life. I don't I didn't know we can't do X Y Z, and that that's a part of the problem. And that, and and 
you know, I'm gonna save. I was gonna have you say something, but I'm gonna save that for the next time because we we've been talking for quite a while. Oh, well, I, didn't <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because see, you were sitting here like, oh, I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna hush up. But yeah, we've been talking about a lot. Um, we probably need to do a part two of this. <laughs> I'm really thinking that because I feel like we gotta get into. Um, it, it's interesting. I I think. I know for me and Melvin, we both have experiences that happened in school with police officers that kind of shaped how we view things now. Mm -hmm. And as we talk about this from a streamlined education, I think people have to understand that authority can kind of blend in when we're looking at a police officer, a principal, a teacher. Is it? It's all going, it, it can, you know, the lines can get kind of blurred, mm-hmm. but let's really look at this about that, that, like you said, that cultural empathy or really understanding what's going on. Cause I believe rules are rules and sometimes stuff, Hey, hey mm-hmm. you did wrong. We, this is what's going to happen. But two girls missing in the hood and we can't do an investigation. The yeah. somebody got, you got to cuss me out when you see me walking in the neighborhood versus just saying, Hey, I don't know how you doing. Like, why, why does it, why does it have to be that I'm doing something wrong as a black person? I guess the rules are rules, but the rules, I guess it's the difference is, is if I'm going to come in and just escort you out, or if I'm going to throw you around a little bit, mm-hmm. when I come in mm-hmm. and escort you out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Say that, because it's a difference. It is a difference. So that's their disc- discretion, right? Because you know one thing I always realize? I have heard, <laughs> so I'm going to put it like this. I have heard and seen letters go out to neighbors that they may have had break-ins in the neighborhood and something has happened, but I've never seen a police patrolling. Why they don't come and check through this neighborhood? But I can go in the hood right now and there's somebody around there patrolling. Mm-hmm. So if stuff happening in both environments, why do you spend majority of your time in one and not in the other? That's a, that's a rhetorical question, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't gotta, yeah, you ain't got to answer it. I'm just wondering why you spend, I'm just wondering why you spend a lot of time over there, just wondering, you know, because I, I, I recognize that I constantly see you guys. But anyways, we are going to do part two of this, and we're going to really dig a little bit deeper. Um, for those of you who have not checked out the Millbrook Twins documentary, go check it out on YouTube. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast at After School Talk on iTunes and Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at Two Dukes Up or Doctor S Dukes. We want to thank Brian for coming. The fact that you covered your eyes and said like you had to get yourself together. Um, but we, yeah, we're gonna follow up with a part two of this one day. We gotta catch Brian because he be busy. He already told y'all he don't get off for the holidays, so I, don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna be on PTO. I'll be right. Okay, so we're gonna find you. Okay, thank you guys. Talk to you later. Adios.